Are you tired of scrolling your feed only to see the highlight reel version of motherhood? If so, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Motherhood Intended Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Baird, and I'm a passionate mom here to support women like you in their unique journeys to and through motherhood. I have been through it all. We're going to be talking about things like trying to conceive, infertility, IVF, surrogacy, mom life, and more. It's time to get real about what it takes to be a mom and come together in the fact that things don't always go as planned. So here we go. Hey friends, I hope you're having a great day. Maybe you're on your commute to work or dropping the kids off, picking them up. Hopefully you're relaxing somewhere, maybe with a nice cup of coffee as you listen to this. Maybe you're like me and are like doing the dishes or cleaning. These are times when I often have my AirPods in and I'm just listening to all my favorite podcasts, trying to pass the time while I'm doing tasks that I'm not really caring about, you know? Dishes, not fun. But what is fun is today's conversation. I'm really excited about this topic because this episode is really what motherhood intended is all about. You know, when I started this podcast, my goal was to have conversations surrounding infertility and motherhood that go beyond the highlight reels that we're all scrolling on social media. Like the next person, I love a curated feed, I love a good photo and the interesting, funny reels that I watch. But I know, and you know, behind every photo, behind every video is a story real emotions and experiences. And my job is to bring those to life for you. So today we're talking about the topic of gender disappointment. You've probably heard this word. It's a bit of a buzzword, but it's a really real emotion that moms and even dads can experience. So while gender disappointment is the phrase that you've heard, of course, we are not talking about just gender. We are talking about your baby's biological sex, finding out the biological sex of your baby and possibly being disappointed in that. Now, as you'll hear in this episode, it goes much deeper than that. To be completely honest, I hate the term gender disappointment because disappointment, that that word, that emotion is just a fraction of what this is all about. It is rooted in the way we grew up, our expectations, dreams we've had, and roles that society has placed on genders. Before I share this conversation with you, I of course want to remind you of some important things. I'm going to keep it simple by just saying, check the show notes of the episode. Anything you might want to connect with is linked in there. You can join the Motherhood Intended community group on Facebook. You can follow along on Instagram. You can apply to be a guest on the show. Grab my free resource, a month-by-month roadmap to your fertility success, and also learn more about surrogacy. And speaking of surrogacy, quick update in my journey. Our surrogate is currently 28 weeks along, which is such a super exciting milestone. We are officially in the third trimester, and I share my story with you really just to bring you hope. If you are still trying to create your family, or maybe you've started a surrogacy journey, there is hope in every situation. If you've listened to my story, tuned into episodes one or two, or even the beginning of the season, I have been through a lot and I've experienced a lot throughout my decade of trying to grow my family. And I'm taking this moment while I am of course, still anxious and nervous and having a hard time wrapping my head around that like this is actually going to happen for us. It's hard to imagine it because I have experienced so much loss, especially with losing three girls and now we're expecting a girl. There's a little bit of PTSD there, but I'm telling you these emotions and how I'm feeling because if you were in a similar situation, maybe you're in a pregnancy after loss. I just want you to know that all your feelings are valid. You know, I am excited and hopeful 
but anxious and terrified of this not working out again. I know in my core, I have extreme confidence in our surrogate and the whole pregnancy thus far has been just perfect. I mean, I probably say this every week, but I am in awe that women are so selfless and that will help another family grow their family. And of course, given my experience with pregnancy, it's just wild to me to watch somebody be so happy and healthy and active while pregnant because that is just not what I experienced. So we are very, very excited to be in the third trimester. So I just wanted to share that with you today. And if you want to follow along on our journey, definitely check out Instagram at motherhood underscore intended. We've been working on the nursery and we'll have a reveal for that coming soon. But more importantly, today's guest is Corey. She's a full-time human resources professional, wife and mother of two boys, ages two and four. She has embraced her boy mom status and has dedicated her time, energy, and resources to creating fulfilling experiences for her family. Take a listen. Hi, Corey. Welcome to the Motherhood Intended podcast. I'm super excited to have you on the show today. We're going to be talking about a topic that I find really interesting, mostly because it's not something that a lot of people talk about. We're going to be sharing our experiences with gender disappointment. So before we dive into your experience with that and mine, tell me a little bit about yourself. How many kids do you have? How long have you been married? Share a little bit about yourself. My name is Corey Leary, and I have two kids. They're both boys, um, Chase, who is going to be four years old in a couple days. And then I also have Emmett, who is two. My husband and I have been married for about eight and a half years now. Can't believe it's been that long. But we both work full time and, you know, just spend a lot of our free time just trying to create as many experiences with our boys as possible. We like to do a lot of stuff. We stay very busy, but it's fun. It's really fun. Yeah, that's so awesome. And four and two, are your boys close together? Do they get along for the most part? For the most part, I think they're getting a little bit to the age where you know, my oldest was used to having free reign of all of the the toys, you know, the Hot Wheels and all those t- sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and now his younger brother is trying to come in and and play along and he just wants to play. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, there's a little bit of jealousy there. But for the most part, they're really good boys and they really they they play very well. Yeah, that's awesome. My boys are about the same, um, except just a couple of years ahead. So my youngest is four and then my older one will be six in March. And I feel like it goes in waves, right? Yeah. Like when they're mm-hmm. like when they were little. Yeah, it was just a lot of my youngest one kind of following him around, just really joining in and the older one trying to learn how to share and do all the things. But then like at this point, they're they're like best friends. The amount of time they spend together. I mean, sure, like any sibling, they get in their ways and they, you know, get sick of each other and all those things. But Overall, it's pretty cool to watch them be so close and play together at this point. And now that they're, they can yeah. do the same, a lot of the same things at this point. That is, yes, that is true. And it's, you know, when they give each other a hug, it's just the best thing in the world. So, oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. So, you've been married, you said eight and a half years? Yes. So, did you guys have a plan where you wanted to wait a little bit to have children or did you try to start your family? And what, what did that look like for you? Yeah, so we did wait a little bit. We waited about four years, I'd say, to have children. You know, there were a few trips that we had wanted to do before we had kids. Um, you know, I grew up in my, and my mother didn't have, well, I have one brother. So it was okay. me and my brother. Um, and my mother had me when she was 30. And I kind of had the same 
you know, mindset like, yeah, hey, I don't have to, we don't have to start right away. Let's just enjoy being married for a few years. And so we did. And it was great. And I have no regrets about that. Yeah. Um, because we knew we wanted to have kids. We just weren't in that big of a rush. Yeah. So yeah, I hear so that a we, lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so when we decided to have our first child, which was, was Chase, you know, I went off birth control and we were pregnant within three months. So it was fairly easy. Everything went very smoothly and it was great. That's all you can ask for. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So prior to starting your family, you said you grew up with one brother. Did you have a, a dream or kind of like a fantasy of what your family might look like, whether it's how many kids you had or girls and boys? I know we all like to play this little game. I know ever since I was little, I was like, OK, when I'm going to get married, I'm going to have this amount of kids. I'm going to have two girls and two boys. And it's just going to be like as if you can pick these things. Um, yes. What was your initial vision for your family? Yeah. So when I was growing up, you know, I I wasn't, you know, dreaming about having kids as much as some others were, I was more in the career planning mindset my whole life. You know, yeah. I was the oldest child, straight A student, you yeah. know, all of that. But I did, as I started to, you know, date my husband and was thinking, oh, this, this might go somewhere. Mm -hmm. My picture of what the family would look like would be two kids and a boy and a girl. And yeah. that was just what I've always known. That's what most of the people that I grew up with, to be yeah. honest with you, you know, I, I knew a lot of uh, my friends. They had a brother or a sister. And that was kind of my vision of the, the perfect family, so to speak, based off what was around me. So yeah. I had always imagined having a boy first. So an older boy and then mm -hmm. you know, a little sister that the boy could protect and, you know, all yeah, that stuff yeah. that, you know, you hear that narrative quite a bit. And that's kind of what I envisioned as well. Yeah. It's interesting because I was thinking the same. So I'm one of four. I have one sister and two brothers. And so, yeah, growing up, same thing. Once I found my husband and we were both on the same page, we wanted a big family and everything. And I'm like, I want I want four kids. I was one of four. Like. He was one of three. I'm I'm like, that sounds amazing. And two boys, two girls. So it's even they each have someone to play with was kind of my vision. And yeah, for whatever reason, though, I, again, I'm the oldest as well. And I wanted a, a boy first because I wanted an older boy to take care of his little sister. And maybe that's just like coming from the oldest sister in me. Like, oh, man, I wish I would have had that <laughs> kind of thing. But yeah, it, of course, that's just not how life works. It's interesting to dream and have these things and what you're used to. But that doesn't necessarily yes. mean it's going to work out that way. When you were pregnant, whether the first time or both times, did you guys decide to find out the sex of the baby ahead of time? We did. So with Chase, my oldest, we had the whole thing, like the gender reveal. And yeah. we did cake pops as our gender Fun. reveal, which I will suggest nobody ever do because it was <laughs> a long, arduous process. I ended up crying. My husband was like, just go away. I'll finish it. It was, so it was you a made process because you made we actually found out I prior see. Okay. to doing the gender reveal. We did the gender reveal for our yeah. Cool. Um, And yeah, I was like, the second that I could know, I was, I was on yeah. top of it. I was like, I need to know. I need to plan. You know, I'm that typical type A personality. I'm like, I need to get everything, you know, matchy matchy for the nursery yep. and, like, and all that, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I was actually really excited when I found out that Chase was a boy. 
that's what I had envisioned, the older boy. And then, you know, a few years down the road, we'd have the little girl and then we would be the perfect family. So, yeah, we were really excited about Chase. We had his name picked out for years and our family seemed very excited as well. So it, it was all it was great. That's so exciting. And it's kind of what everyone seems to be doing these days. I mean, I know there are people who I'm just like you, type A, I need to know, I need to plan. I like to like visually try to imagine what my life is about to look like. And I don't know, finding out the baby sex kind of always helped with that for me. Mm -hmm. And I was excited too to have a boy first. Like you said, that's kind of what I envisioned. And I was like, perfect. This is great. This is so exciting. And it's funny you said K-pop because that's why I was like, oh, you made them yourself. Because we did K-pops for my second son. And I ordered them, though. And I was like, ooh, what was your experience? Like, why was it so bad? But I, I don't think I'm not a baker. There's no way I could have, like, attempted to make them at all. <laughs> it, it was just like the chocolate was just all mm. over the place. And we chose to do white as the, the outside okay, of the chocolate. Yeah. And so, like, any little space that you didn't have covered, you could see the blue right through that it. Makes and sense. it was just it was a process. So <laughs> a note for for everybody out there. For anyone else. Cake pops as a gender reveal. <laughs> just get just get somebody to do them for you. Because, yeah. you know. Adventure. The whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's too funny. Okay, so the second time around, did you guys find out again ahead of time? Yes, we did. Yeah. So after, obviously, you just said that you had envisioned a boy and a girl. What were you feeling when you found out that you were having another boy? So when I found out, you know, I was actually at work at the time. I got okay. the call. And they asked, you know, do you want to do you want to know? And of course, they had already told me that, you know, everything came back fine right. and, and appearingly was healthy. And I was like, uh, should I wait for my husband or should I not wait? And of course, I didn't. So, yeah, <laughs> I had them tell me and they said, oh, you're, you're having a little boy. And for me, I was just almost a little bit in shock. I wasn't necessarily disappointed at that time. I was just yeah. kind of like, oh, like. This like, is not what I thought it was going to be. You know, yeah. I thought it, that we'd have a boy and a girl. And I was at that time there definitely set on we are definitely having only two. You know, this is what I've always been told is the right thing to do. You know, if you have mm -hmm. one or two, it's not fair to the kids, which, yeah, you know, is a whole other topic we could discuss. But oh, yeah, there's um, all these narratives that we've been taught oh, along yeah. the way for sure. It, exactly. But I was just really shocked and kind of like hung up the phone Went for a walk outside, was kind of like, okay, well, I just kind of have to be okay with this. And, yeah. you know, so it's kind of strange. I was kind of ruminating on it for a while before I told my husband. And then when I told him, you know, I started crying and I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, it's like, you know, I love my little boy, but mm -hmm. like, you know, I, I wanted a girl, you know, yeah. and, I, and I could kind of tell that he did too. I kind of got the sense from him that yeah. he kind of wanted a little girl as well. And um, he's one of four boys. So, okay. you know, I think that's why it wasn't totally unexpected for me, but mm -hmm. it was still like, darn, you know? Yeah. yeah. So throughout that time, I, I wasn't even really excited to tell anybody mm -hmm. because in my mind, you know, everybody wanted a girl. That's all you hear yeah. is when you say that you already have a boy, you know, I hope yeah. it's a girl. I hope yep. it's a girl. And, People love to say that. And even if you've already have to, if you yeah. have two boys, then they'll be like, are you going to try for a girl? Are you going to try for a girl? Really disregarding like number of kids, all the other decisions that go into having a child. Um, just, yeah, yeah. thinking about yeah. girl or boy. Mm -hmm. The fact that you can't guarantee it either way, even if right. you want to try for another one, you know, 
Yeah. There's no guarantee you're going to have one. Totally. And so I was just not very excited to tell people. When I did tell people, you know, I kind of got the sense that they weren't as excited. I didn't really know if that was just because it's the second child versus another boy or both. Yeah. But, you know, it just didn't seem as exciting as the first yeah. time. And I kind of went through the pregnancy and, and over time I was all right with it. You know, I was just like, all right, like two boys, like I already got this boy mom thing down. So yeah. why not just do it again? You know, and as I said, I love my boy and I love my boys, both of them. Right. And it's fun being a boy mom. I try to kind of tell myself those things as I went yeah. through. So I'd say that I was disappointed at that time, but not as disappointed as later on. And I can kind of explain that a little bit more. I would love to hear more. I think everyone's heard like the term gender disappointment. I've even heard it before and I I knew that I've felt it. But then when I hear the word disappointment, I'm like, I think that was like, yeah, like maybe my initial feeling. But there's so much more to it than that. And there's so much more that goes into like why these feelings come up. And you kind of touched on some of them, you know, with gender disappointment reasons that this could play into it things like family pressures you know people saying like oh i hope you get a girl or or just kind of what you've pictured with other families that you know in your life for some people it's like the fear of the unknown some people might not want the opposite sex because they are like i i don't know i know what i'm doing i finally got this down pat i would love another of the same sex i know for me you know prior traumatic experiences when i also found out we were having a boy the first time you know our miscarriages were girls and for me Having a boy and getting further in my pregnancy and bringing a boy home was like, okay, this feels different. This feels positive. It's not tied to like the negative experience that I had. And then for me, with our second, I was ecstatic to, I didn't really care either way at that point because again, I had this idea in my mind that I was going to have four kids and it just, there was time. It didn't matter. Mm -hmm. I thought I had figured out my fertility issues and all of that. And um, so having a second boy, I was like, oh my gosh, they're close in age. It'll be so fun. They'll be, close brothers and there's time. There's time to have more. But that's just not how it all works. No one knows the future mm-hmm. and or how many kids you're capable of having, even if you say you want four. So it's it's really interesting. Gender disappointment starts off as like this feeling, just like a feeling of kind of like sadness when you've got this strong desire to yeah. have a child of a certain sex. But it, it morphs mm-hmm. into different things as parenting goes on, I think. Yeah. And when I was pregnant with my second boy. And I knew about it for the majority of the pregnancy. And I would go on to online forums and things like that. You know, these these places that were supposed to be for boy moms and all of this stuff. And I was like, well, maybe that'll help. And really, I found that it almost made it worse because when I'd go on to these things, it would be people that would post, oh, guys, I finally got my girl, like baby number three. I finally got my girl, you know. Yeah. And it just like, or people that were like, oh, I just found out I'm having my fourth boy. Like, this is the worst thing ever. Like, I haven't stopped crying for days. And it really just, it almost pushed that pressure and that disappointment further because it's like, oh, well, boys are not as good as girls, clearly. I mean, everybody seems to think it. So like, it, it it almost made it worse because of that is just going on and seeing that Really, it's just everybody has, everybody seemingly has this idea that boys are not as desired as girls when it comes to babies. And you rarely see anybody go on 
and say, well, you know, I'm having my second girl. I'm so upset about it. You don't right. see that as much. So I'm sure yeah. it can happen. But I totally agree. It's it's very it's really interesting. That's true. I didn't have any personal experience going into like certain forums like that. But just like even now being into different mom groups and things like that. Yeah, there's definitely this like narrative around the boy thing. And it, it's actually started bothering me recently. And, you know, boys are a little bit older at four and six. People love to say like, oh, they're all boy when they're like misbehaving or something. And I'm like, no, I know what they're capable of and what they're doing. And it's not because they're boys. It's because they're like genuinely like not listening right now. Or on the flip yeah. side, like they'll be like, oh, good luck. Like boys are this mm -hmm. and boys are that. And I'm like, well, you know, each of my boys also have two different personalities and they're very unique. And mm -hmm. it's just a different experience even within the two of them. So I just, yeah, it's hard when everyone categorizes girls in one section, boys in another. And I think that's part of kind of like the idea of gender disappointment is it's not like disappointment in the baby that you have. It's disappointment based on like all the stereotypes we know of each gender. And of course, when we're talking about gender, we're talking about, you know, like biological sex, whether you ha are having a boy or having a girl and everything we perceive belong in those categories, right? What what we think that parenting a boy or a girl looks like. And obviously there's differences, but mm -hmm. the dramatics on the boy's side of things is just, it's hard. And I can see how, especially when you're, you know, navigating this kind of like disappointment at first, it's it's got to yeah. just kind of heighten everything. Yeah. And once my second son, you know, came, obviously, I, like, I love them. To, I love them to death. You know, I would yeah. never trade either of them for a girl at this point. I was like that from the time that he was born. You know, I was like, yeah. this is going to be great. I could see that brotherly bond already forming. And I was like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter whether we have a boy or a girl. This journey is what I make of it. And so... I was good for a very long time and really didn't have much of disappointment. I mean, every now and then, you know, I'd see like, you know, the cute little dresses. Yeah, and sure. Kind of stuff. Yeah. And I would just kind of be like, oh, you know, uh, yeah, I'll never be able to buy those and that kind of thing. But, yeah, you know, what really what happened for me is I would say the worst gender disappointment that I had actually came later, about seven months after Emmett, my youngest, was born. Okay. So I think my journey is a little bit different in that it, it came later. So it was about seven months after Emmett was born, all of a sudden, within maybe three months, I had three friends and or family members that were pregnant and announced that they were pregnant. All three of them were having girls, oh. two of which had already had boys close in age to Chase. And then they came out and were like, well, now we've got our girl, you know, yeah. but there and so there was examples of that perfect ideal family that I had had in my mind for however long. Right. And that was actually the point where I was just kind of like, wow, this kind of sucks. You yeah. know, like I was like, how come they got that ideal family? But I didn't. You know, yeah. it was like almost kind of shoved into my face within a three month period. Like, wow, how come I got two boys and they all got girls? Yeah. You know, and probably at a time, too, if you said it was like, you know, seven months after having your son, you had already worked halfway through the pregnancy and enjoyed him when he was born, all these things and probably mm -hmm. got to a mental spot where you're like acceptance and just in the moment yeah. and loving your family and then it's triggering when then you see especially like that like you said in such a short period of time so many people close to you getting the picture that you thought you wanted yeah. 
Yeah. And and seeing the one girl that was in part of my family, you know, how everybody was so excited about the girl, you know, because there's mostly boys in that family. So she's she's got a girl coming. We can't wait to shop. You know, it was a clear change from what I got when I announced my second boy. Right. So it really took me a long time to kind of get through it because that is where I would say I had the worst gender disappointment was during those months leading up to all three of those babies being born. Yeah. I was dealing with seeing it constantly, people talking about it or getting excited for it, all the baby showers, you know, like all that stuff. And it really was tough for me to kind of work through at that point. And it took me a long time to really kind of work through those emotions and really be okay with it again. And because yeah. it was it was almost kind of like a relapse there. Like I was fine yeah. for a while. I'd gotten over it. And then it just came sweeping back and in a worse way. Yeah. When you're working through this or struggling with this, is this just you yourself and I, or have did you openly talk about this with your husband or verbalize it to someone else you trusted? Or is it kind of something that you kept to yourself during this period of time? Yeah. So I mostly kept it to myself. I did verbalize it a little bit to my husband, but you know, he just doesn't he didn't seem to understand it quite as yeah. much. He's yeah. just like, well, well, you'll still get to like see those girls and like buy stuff for them. And so I'm like, that's not the point. I'm like, yeah. You know, yeah, I was going through all the stuff that I've been taught through F for forever. All those narratives that I've heard, you know, the saying like a son is a son until he takes a wife, but a daughter is a daughter all her life. Like, yeah, you know, all the people that are like, oh, well, you know, the boys, they leave, you know, they don't they don't care about their moms. They're not going to hang out with you when they're older. Yeah. Um, What else? There was there was so many. There's so many. I've heard I've heard those same ones. And it's always weighed on my mind. I think a lot of times, too, just being women ourselves, you know, like it's not just the buying the dresses or the cute little clothes for girls. It's like long term, we know all the experiences that we've had. And so I think when it comes to having a girl or a boy, like there's just so many experiences with our boys that we obviously didn't go through ourselves. And so like the idea of having a girl and like kind of just relating in that way and passing down certain things it just kind of yeah. heightens everything but yeah man there are so many things when it comes to boys well, and and people believe them you know yeah. and you're almost grieving this picture of a daughter that that doesn't even exist for me i had to kind of put it into perspective and be like look even if i did have a daughter like who says they're going to be my best friend want right. to do everything that i do and want to hang out with, with me when they're older and just yeah. because i have a boy why do I think that the boy is just going to be like, well, see you later. I'm not going to talk to you again. You know, I exactly. mean, my, my brother himself, you know, he he hangs out with my mother pretty much every weekend. Yeah. So like, you know, why am I why am I holding this narrative so closely? Why am I believing it this much and letting it impact my life that much? You know, that's something yeah. that I had to tell myself over and over again. Like, you have the power to influence the relationship you have with your kids, what no matter what gender or sex right. they are, you know, you're the one that's in control of that. If you want them to want to be a part of your life when you're older, or if you want your future daughter-in-law or son-in-law or, or whatever, you know, if you want all of that in 
the future, you know, you have to work towards that. You have to build those relationships. You have to set expectations and you have to be the one to drive that. And you can't just get caught up in what the world is telling you is going to happen because you you don't know that, you know. And as you said, each of your boys has a different personality. They have their own, you know, likes and dislikes and things that they enjoy. And not everybody's the same. So I really had to kind of become aware of those societal and family influences that were really clouding my view of my own life, you know, and what I had. Yeah, totally. And I feel like we don't even maybe even notice all of those different things that we've been taught over the years until you're in a position like this and you're like kind of fighting against it because you're like, well, this is this is my situation and it doesn't have to be that way. But, you know, had you had the girl, I'm sure maybe these thoughts would have just stuck with you because it it's all kind of panned out the way you were taught and the way mm-hmm. that we all kind of um, like imagined it would be based off what we've been told growing up and everything. But when you said it was like grieving the loss of having a girl, it, it really is. I mean, they talk about it a lot in like the, say, the infertility community where you have to kind of grieve the loss of the idea of that you the way that you would have children. And I think this topic is very similar. I mean, you had the idea in your head for so long of what you imagined, what you kind of saw your life as as a parent, and that was changed. And you have to grieve the loss of what that looked like, just like anything, any plan. You know, I've been through it in more ways than one, you know, whether it was how I conceived to how I'm bringing a baby home, the number of kids I had, you know, everything. It's just you're grieving the fantasy and the dream that you had and learning to accept the reality. And what you said, I completely agree with. You're in control. You know, it's it's about relationships. It's about being a good parent, regardless if you have boys or girls and you will have the relationship you want with your kids if you put the work into it. Regardless if they are the same sex as you or not, you know, I think that's so, so important to mention. I know you said you mostly kept it to yourself at this point. Do you think those around you, could they tell your disappointment in this situation or maybe notice that you were struggling with it? That might not even be a fair question to ask. I'm just curious. So I feel like they, I think my husband definitely could. You know, I think he heard more of the feelings that I had. And he got the most of the truth from me on kind of how I was feeling and and some of those raw emotions that would come up from time to time. Because some days that was fine and it didn't bother me and other days it did. Yeah. Um, But, you know, the others around me, you know, I I don't think so. I don't think they they got because, I mean, they could see how much I do enjoy being a boy mom. You know, they could see how much I love my kids. And I don't think that I let on. As much about how much I struggled, maybe when I was pregnant with my second and I was announcing it, maybe people got like a hint of the disappointment. But I yeah. think, you know, it, people weren't as aware when I was struggling, when everybody around me was having girls. Right. And I tried to keep it pretty quiet because, you know, this is something that a lot of people don't want to talk about. They either don't yeah. want it put out there that they're disappointed because they don't want their kids to think that they were disappointed by them, which, you know, I could say is the farthest from the truth. I love my kids. Right. And I'm not disappointed that they're here and I'm not disappointed in who they are. But I also think people just, people don't want to share when they're almost jealous of somebody else. You know, that's what it comes off as a lot. And I think if more people did talk about it, And, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it with you is 
maybe we could have these discussions where we're putting things into perspective for people. We're not just accepting it for what it is yeah. um, and just continuing to perpetuate these narratives. I really think it would help if people were honest about it. At least that's what I feel. Yeah, I completely agree, which is why when you brought up this topic, I was pretty excited to talk about it because I had heard the phrase gender disappointment talked about before. I did never really pinpointed the feelings myself. And for me, it wasn't necessarily like we said, gender disappointment is such a blanket term. I kind of feel like there needs to be a different phrase for it because it's yes. so much more complicated than that. And I feel like disappointment is like the initial like quick reaction, but then it goes much deeper than that. Like you said, just all the things that we've been taught and what we envision for our family. Mm -hmm. And I agree. I think talking about it is definitely so helpful. Just kind of break down those barriers and let other women know that like there's no shame in having these feelings, especially that fourth trimester, you know, postpartum. Trying to keep these things in along with adjusting to motherhood in general and going from one to two babies. I don't know about you, mm -hmm. but that was like rocked my world. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's a lot. And so now to feel any kind of guilt or shame about feeling honest, raw emotions about maybe some disappointment with the gender of your baby. It's not fair for women to go through that alone. And there's no shame in it because they're real feelings. And I read something that said, you know, every relationship that you go into there's always going to be some sort of disappointment from someone. No one's perfect. And whether they yeah. did it or that's just who they are. And it's the same with your own baby. There, no relationship is perfect. So you're not going to feel all of the things perfectly for any one person that you ever meet. And that includes your baby. So it's totally normal to have any level of disappointment about something that doesn't go the way that you thought it would. So yeah. I'm really glad that that we're talking about this because it's common. I know it is. And mm -hmm. no one is talking about it. And I think, yeah. too, that even women who have maybe they struggled with loss or infertility or some sort of trauma, it kind of like clouds it even more because there's all those phrases, whether being told to them or in your own head over and over, you know, like, oh, I should just be happy. I should just be grateful that I have mm -hmm. children. You know, there's people who don't have children and I have two children. And and so you this there's this like loop in your head sometimes of you're not worthy of feeling any kind of way other than grateful and happy for what you have. And it's it's just not true. All the feelings are OK. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I feel like people just are expected to throw away their ideals and everything that they've thought about forever. And, you know, well, you know, this is this is your life. You got to deal with it. And. You should be grateful because, you know, there's people out there that can't have kids and, right. you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, but I am grateful, but I'm Yeah, that doesn't take away. Exactly. No, it's it's a different. And as you said, there's layers to it and it does go deeper because it's not always just, you know, I wanted a girl and I got a boy or I wanted a boy and I got a girl. You know, it's not always just that. There's those underlying desires that you have that yeah. you know span pretty much the rest of your life you know there's, yeah. there's people out there that there's women that have all girls that think about you know well i'm never going to have that mother son dance at a wedding in the future or vice versa even dads there might be dads out there that are like i really want a little girl so i can have the dance with them or like give them away or you know like there's those and really we don't know if there's going to be a wedding in the future you know those exactly are, these are the things that it's like, it's so, it's so confusing almost because there's just so many things going on in your head. Well, this is what I should want, but this is what I do want, but this is what I have and this can't happen, but maybe it can. 
Yeah. You know, there's just like all of this stuff and it. It really can create some negative feelings and it really can get some people down. And yeah. some people, I feel like, handle it better than others. But, you know, especially when you're pregnant or postpartum and you're dealing with additional hormonal shifts and, and you know, your start of a new life, basically, when you have kids and, and adjusting to other things. I feel like that can make it even worse that you go down these spirals of trying to map out your whole life based on this little baby and what you had dreamed and hoped, but also what society is telling you is going to happen with this little baby. And it's like, yeah. well, no, we need to pause. We need to understand that we're allowed to be disappointed, but we also have to work on changing our mindset as well. We kind of yeah. have to give ourselves time to grieve, but then you know, really try to put it into perspective. And I, I feel like that helped me, at least, yeah. um, just trying to be like, well, why do I want a girl? You know, yeah. what is it? What is it about having a little girl that I want? Is it because I want to go dress shopping or get my nails done? Mm -hmm. Is it because I feel like when boys are older, they're never going to want to come see me? Is it because I don't want to be, you know, the monster-in-law that I hear about all the time, mm -hmm. you know, about how mother-in-laws are like, horrible. I love my mother-in-law, so that's not always the case. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, is it because my whole family wanted a girl? You know, is that really why? Because I didn't want to disappoint people. Was it because I was to told my whole life that that's what I should want to have? I should want to have a boy, a girl, two kids, that's it, and be this perfect little family. And, yeah. you know, that's not the perfect family for everyone. So I kind yeah. of had to go through every single point and almost talk to myself about it and try to work through it. And I think that's really great oh. advice for anyone who is, is struggling with this. You know, get curious about your own feelings. Turn into it and ask yourself the questions that you said, you know, why do I want to grow? Why is this affecting me so bad? Because, yeah, I think everyone will have different answers. I know my husband and I went through this a little bit when we decided that surrogacy was going to be our next path of growing our family. And since we had done IVF, we had embryos and we did not test the embryos prior. So, like, we didn't choose our embryos. You know, we just went with the healthiest ones um, to have our boys and they just happened to put in both boys. And I didn't want control of that anyway, because there was already so much planned and it was stressful. But going into this new journey after another loss, we really just wanted to make sure genetically everything was okay. And because with the path of surrogacy, it's probably not something that we were going to do multiple times. You know, my vision of four kids, five kids or whatever I thought that had changed. So, um, you know, we decided to find out the sex of the two healthy embryos we had. We had five tested and only found out the ones that were viable. But before we found out, I told my husband, we had this talk. I'm like, I don't want to have a third child unless it's because we want a third child, not just mm -hmm. for a girl, because I'm not going to test our embryos, say, find out that they're boys and then either leave them behind and knowing that they're boy, like, I didn't want to know yeah. um, the gender of them. I wanted to make sure that our decision was based off of wanting a third child regardless, because if we weren't in the situation doing IVF, we wouldn't be able to choose. And yeah. that was important to me, which required a lot of changing my mindset and really diving deep and like, why am I putting so much pressure on really wanting a girl? Is it because the babies we lost were girls? Is it because mm -hmm. that's what I had already always imagined? Is it because, you know, I have a very close relationship with my mom. She's like my best mm -hmm. friend. And I had this vision that that could be my situation yeah. as well. But like you said, it really doesn't matter because every person, every baby is totally different and everyone's personalities are different. And 
their experiences are different too. And a lot of that is out of our control. You know, we're going to raise our kids, but then the world is going to take over as well. And to some extent, Mm -hmm. and I could have a daughter and she could decide to move across the world uh, for a job. Mm -hmm. And that might look different than my son who might decide to live down the street. You know, it's just, there's so many variables. So I think we've just kind of been programmed over the years to have these ideas of what our family is should look like and could look like. And I think the more we have these conversations, we can kind of knock down those barriers and just kind of celebrate the different ideas of how families are made and the different ways that families look in general and how Mm -hmm. every scenario is really beautiful in its own way. And we can't, unfortunately, as much as my type A tries and tries (laughs) to control everything and my future and everything, it's just, um, that's just not how it works. So... Yeah. Yeah. And and all of this, I mean, there are people out there that have had all girls and and Mm -hmm. one boy, you know, and and it's the same thing. So all of this kind of be flip flopped. Um, Totally. But yeah, I'm just really happy to be able to talk about it and show people, too, that there's a light at the end of the tunnel as well. You know, I've I've worked through all those feelings that I had and, you know, I've come out of it. And if we were to decide to have a third child, which is kind of undecided at this point. Yeah. Because um, I've kind of changed my mindset on I was always to- always told two children. That's yeah. it. Like if you have more, it's a problem. And I've worked through this mindset so much that I'm like, well, if we choose to have a third child, then, you know, I shouldn't be listening to outside influences. I should do what yeah. I feel is right for my family. But if we were to, I would be completely fine with another boy. And yeah. I truly believe that. And I've yeah. gotten to a point where I am I'm OK with that. And I told myself the same thing. If we were going to have another child, I don't want it to be because I'm striving for a girl. That shouldn't be how it is. And I'm finally to a place where I'm I'm good with that. We're still undecided on whether we actually yeah. want it. Yeah. Know, but I think that's an important lot. step. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my but, gosh. Um, yeah. So I, I just I'm hopeful that I can help somebody else through these feelings. If somebody's really struggling right now, they can hear this conversation and yeah. feel as though, look, you're life isn't set in stone. You have this beautiful child that I'm sure you love to pieces. Don't let people influence your view of that child or what your life's going to be. Really, it, it is what you make it. And boys are amazing and girls are amazing. And I'm happy for everyone that gets the opportunity to have a child. And, and I really hope this helps somebody. I'm hoping so, too. I think it's very eye-opening, and I love that we have talked about this today because I, I think the biggest takeaway is that women need to know that they're not alone in these feelings and that they're real and that it's okay to feel this way. When you were talking about that you come to a place now, whether you decide to have a third child or not, you're at a place where you feel good about if it's a boy and it's a boy, like we want to pursue it to pursue a third child regardless. I think that's solid advice, too, for anyone who maybe realizes that they do have your your mind kind of set on a certain gender of your next baby, I would kind of encourage anyone in that position to just really start taking stock of your feelings and why you're feeling that way prior to having your child. Or maybe you're pregnant and you haven't found out yet, but you've got it in your mind what you really want. Um, you know, just kind of have a plan ahead of time and also mm-hmm. just a plan to kind of process it. Because even though you can tell yourself that you feel a certain way, once it happens to you, Feelings are going to be natural and they're going to come regardless. So that might mean not doing a very public gender reveal and finding out in front of 100 people, you know, like maybe you find out privately and take time to process it, you know, maybe skip the big public reveal that could help. But yeah, Yeah. things to just think about when you're going into this, because 
you want to be feeling your best self too when you have yep. your baby and you're going through postpartum and everything. And so, yeah. And now anyone could reach out to you and to me. We, this is a great topic. I I love talking about it. So no one should have to feel alone with the feelings of gender disappointment because it's very real. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't have to announce it to everybody that they're disappointed either. You know, yeah, people yeah. want to keep it in. They can, but they they should know that there are people out there that are feeling the same way, even if they're not talking about it. Yes. You know, because if you're feeling like you don't want to talk about it with other people, just imagine that other people are feeling that same way. Okay. We're not alone. And it can be a very fleeting thing. Some people can experience it for, you know, a day and be over it. Whereas for some people, it may take a very long time. I want people to know that they're not alone. And yeah. there are people out there feeling the same way you do. And, and it's OK. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Corey, for shedding light on this topic and sharing your own experience. It is really brave to talk out loud about this in hopes of helping other people. So I so appreciate it. And I know listeners are going to hopefully feel supported and just kind of had their eyes open to this topic a little bit more and not be afraid to talk about it and really process their own feelings. And hopefully the tips we talked about can be helpful to them. Thank you for joining me today. It was so nice to hear your story and to get your take on this. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you yourself have experienced the feelings of gender disappointment, I hope this episode can validate those feelings for you and let you know that you are not alone. This is a real emotion, something that you're probably not seeing as you scroll your Instagram feed, right? But it's real. And there are other moms out there and dads that are experiencing this gender disappointment when finding out the sex of their baby. And if you haven't experienced this specific situation, I hope it's educated you on what other moms might be feeling. I think the more we can talk about topics like this, the more we can support those that we love around us. I'm all about being honest here on the podcast. This is a judgment-free zone, and I love welcoming guests who are willing to be vulnerable and be honest with what they're experiencing in hopes of educating others and supporting others who might feel the same. We're definitely living in a time where gender stereotypes are being broken down and I think that is a very real conversation to have when you are expecting a baby. I mean, just because you find out that you're having a boy or having a girl, that does not dictate how their lives are going to go or how your motherhood journey is going to go. Whether you are expecting a boy or a girl, they are going to be who they are. And I think the moment that society can stop putting so much pressure and narratives surrounding females and males, I think the sooner that we can all enjoy our children for who they are. Like we mentioned, if you are a mom and expecting a girl, you could be best friends. You could have this whole picture perfect thing that you have in your brain of what that relationship might look like. But you can also have that same relationship with your son and vice versa. We need to break down these stereotypes so moms can just love their children as they are. No expectations of the ratio of boys to girls in your family, but just pure love and opening up your heart to the experiences to come. You're in charge of the relationship you have with your child, and that is not dependent on their gender or their biological sex. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you'll tune in next week. I have a bonus episode in store for you where I will be interviewing my brother and we are talking about a hard topic. He's going to be chatting about his experience of fatherhood in the first year, but also fatherhood alongside battling addiction. I hope you'll tune in. This conversation is definitely going beyond the highlight reel and I'm so proud of him for opening up and chatting about his experiences. So I hope you'll take a listen when that airs. 
And I also have the pleasure of welcoming on both of my sister-in-laws to the show next week. And I get to pick their brains about motherhood in the first year as they are both new moms, one with an eight-month-old and one with a 13-month-old. And it has been so fun watching my niece and nephew grow over the last year. And I'm just excited to talk to them and get their take on their pregnancy experiences and motherhood. And most importantly, I get to pick their brain about all the baby products. While I'm a seasoned mom expecting my third, it has been almost four and a half years since I've been in the newborn phase. And I know it's like riding a bike, I do. But as far as products go, I don't even know what is out there. And I have watched them use the coolest gadgets and have the best products. So I am so excited to pick their brain. So if you're expecting and wanting to build a registry or just curious about what baby products are out there, maybe you have people in your life that you're wanting to gift things to, definitely take a listen next week because we're diving into it all. It's a fun conversation and I can't wait for you to hear it. Until then, have a great rest of your week and I will talk to you then.